listening to the Created Fab Podcast with the one and only, one and only Fabiola. This season series is on the adventures and struggles of being a believer because it can be real out here on these streets. Hi, everybody. It's me, Fabiola. (laughs) And welcome to our show. This show is called, um, what did we decide to call it? The Real Adventures and Struggles of a Believer series. This is what it's going to be, okay? And I have some awesome, awesome, awesome people here with me on this show to give an awesome perspective, a different perspective, right? About single life and dating, right? As a believer. How often do we hear about this? But we really don't. But I'm going to, um, and I know most people usually introduce their guests, but who better to introduce them than themselves? So first person we're going to have is Lourdes. Introduce yourself, my friend. Hi everyone, my name is Lourdes. Um, I'm from California, the northern part specifically, and yes, <laughs> I am uh, single and just navigating this my walk with Christ throughout this time. Awesome sauce, Aubrey. Hi, I'm Aubrey. I'm from Southern California, and um, I'm also single currently, living at home, um, trying to live this weird COVID life, navigate all this craziness that's happening in the world as graceful as possible. Um, And yeah, I'm California native, grew up here, and I met these two lovely ladies in Africa. Yes, we did. That's the way to meet people, yes. (laughs) Go on a mission trip and meet them in Africa. Go to Africa. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Malawi to be exact. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. And um, last but not least, I forgot to introduce myself besides saying my name. My name is Fabiola. I am born and raised from Brooklyn, New York, and I currently live in New York City for myself. Um, I am actually the divorced one <laughs> in this group. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I've been, I'm divorced. I was actually married for 17 years and I was with my ex-husband since I was 15 years old. So those actual steps of dating and all those other things, I completely missed that whole entire part. And, um, I've been divorced now for about almost a year and a half. And, um, so just, just learning and navigating through life. So, um, me and my awesome friends here we are talking about like you know just how single life is right because we're believers and obviously we have you know the bible talks about we have a standard about how we're supposed to um, not only carry ourselves but you know just different things but the truth of the matter is um it's hard out here in these streets that's facts (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a little bit hard out here you know and um, I think that the, 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 the three of us, we have three different perspectives of a woman, and maybe one day we'll come on with a man, but we have three varying perspectives of dating and single life um, as a believer, because once again, I'm divorced. Lourdes has dated before in the past, and Aubrey has not ever in life. Right, you see? So we have three, very, <laughs> we have three different perspectives. So... Um, yeah, so where would you like to start off, guys? Like, what, what, what do you think about this whole dating life? What do you think about, like, I think one of the best things to start is, what do you think is the difference, and I'm going to put this towards you, Lourdes, as somebody who has dated, um, um, you know, compared to before 
I guess before you got serious with your walk and now that you are, you know, you're growing in your walk of Christ? Yeah, I think the standards are different. Um, you know, when you're, when you don't have like a goal in set in mind, um, you know, before I was really serious in my walk with Christ, um, you know, you're, you're looking more for your preferences, right? How somebody looks, how accomplished are they? Um, you know, you're setting off for like worldly standards and, um, and just stuff that a lot of times doesn't really exist, like unrealistic, you know, expectations of somebody. Um, but then once I came to a point where I was like, no, I want to do this the godly way, the righteous, you know, the way that God has this set out for me, none of those things actually even really mattered, mm. you know? And so, um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's different, but it's now it's like, I can, I know what I want in a, in a spouse and what I want in a godly man, you know, where before I would have been like a deer in the headlights and was like, all right, Lord, whatever you send my way. Okay. I'll take it. Or now it's like, no, you're, God sets the standards for you. And like, it's written in his word, you know, what he wants and a spouse for each side of it. And I think once you really grasp that concept, um, then you really find out for yourself, like, okay, now I know exactly what I want in a spouse. Mm. So, yeah. She was spitting bars. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Lord. It's all right. And how about you? What do you think? I mean, you haven't dated yet, but still, like. No, and it's not for lack of trying, to be honest. I did go online and um, put a profile up, and it just did never work out. So it's not like um, I didn't put my stuff out there or anything, but also the guys just, they weren't, not to be arrogant, but maybe I'm too smart for them. I don't know. I was told that I was too intimidating. They told me, wow you're really intimidating and I was like why <laughs> this you know college educated woman who actually knows and understands um what she wants that's intimidating so it just kind of scared them away I guess but yeah yeah I think um I think too my dad treated me really really well as a kid and growing up and I think that has a lot to do with it and, and so it was kind of like it would be nice, but I'm kind of already being taken care of <laughs> in a way. <laughs> I just had my dad fix my car. I remember um, when I was in college, um, I went out there when I was 17 and I turned 18. Um, like I had my birthday. I, I moved out to Oklahoma and I turned 18 and my roommate was a year younger. So, um, or a few months younger than me. And she was planning on getting married to a guy that I didn't personally didn't feel that they were compatible as much as they thought it was just very puppy love. Um, and my roommate, so she was getting 17 and she's married and I, and then I turned 18 and we were talking about it and she goes, you know, it's funny, everything I say about him and what he does for me, you say your dad does for you. And I was like, Oh, I guess that's true. Like, I guess that's it. That's what it is. So I, even though it's like, oh yeah, that would be nice and all this, but like the practicality is like my dad, my dad took care of me really well. And so that also elevated the standard of what I was looking for. 
is somebody who who has those qualities like okay are they gonna look after me i'm not looking to take like a little kid you know i don't want to i don't want to babysit you you've got to figure it out but um yeah wow that was really good i mean it makes a lot of sense i mean like when i think about my own life for example like it you see i didn't have that and the thing, and I grew up with my dad, and this is nothing to talk bad about my father or anything like that. Um, and I don't want to dishonor him, but sometimes you just got to state the facts, right? Like my dad, I was, I had, I came from a two family, I mean, two parent household. And, um, but my father couldn't give me what he didn't have. That's just, that's just what it came down to. And it took me many, 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 many years to really understand that and to be able to, um, you know, to forgive him of that, but he just couldn't give me what he did not have. And, mm-hmm. um, so to be able to, you know, like expect a man to love me and this and that, then I just didn't have that. If anything, my, like I was so, my self-esteem was so low when I was growing up. It was more so like, well, whoever would pay me attention, that's who I would just go for, you know, and my, and, and, and that was a serious problem. Even though like me and my ex-husband, like our marriage didn't um, um, end up, uh, you know, lasting, I'm so thankful, like, if I had to have somebody, it was him, because he wasn't, like, um, he he wasn't those, the kind of guy who, like, took advantage, even though he was truly in a position where he could have, and I think that's usually, that's that's the problem a lot of the times, like, a man, you know, and this is what I've come to learn, like, men are predators, men are predators, they are, they can see when a woman is wounded, and when she's weak, you know what I mean? Like something like that. So if they see that, it's like, okay, that's the easy target, then they're gonna go after it. Now a kingdom man, right? A true kingdom man, a godly man is like this. Yeah, he's a predator as well. But if he sees that that woman is wounded and she needs healing, he's not gonna take advantage of it. Yeah. You know, he is, because I believe that he's supposed to like um, a, a, the man for you that God has for you. He is truly the physical manifestation of God's love. So his reaction, instead of taking advantage of you, would be to okay, well, let me, you know, not not, not be like oh, let me be like a like a like a knight in shining armor, but okay, this friendship, let me disciple you or whatever, let me help you to get healed or whatever, let me point you in the right direction or something like that. You see what I'm saying? But it wouldn't necessarily be like, like how other men are out there and men of the world, which is like, okay, let me see how I could take advantage of this. Let me use her body up. Let me do this. Let me use her to, to, you know, uh, um, for her to nurture me and do all of this stuff and blah, 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 blah. You see what I'm saying? And what ends up happening as a result of that is that now you got this woman who was already broken to begin with. Now she's even more broken. Like this is our, this is this is the reality of our society. Like we see this time and time and time and time again. And I mean not just put it on the men because not only men that operate like that. It's the same thing for women. You know, yeah. like women do the same thing also. But um, I think that um, if I wasn't from no, from the little time that I have been divorced now for the past year and a half, I personally haven't dated yet. You know, um, to be honest with you, like I'm gonna be. Like, I'm going to take Mike Todd's uh, uh, phrase right here. I'm going to be hot. I'm going to be humble. Um, how how it go, boys? Humble, open, and transparent. Humble, open, and transparent. Right. <laughs> and, um, like, I just haven't really been asked out much, you know? I think I'm kind of cute, you know what I'm saying? But men just really don't ask me out. And oftentimes what I've heard is the same thing that Aubrey was saying. It's just that you look in, you know, you seem to be intimidating. What I think it is really, honestly, is the fact that I look like, don't come at me with no BS. 
I'm sorry. That yeah. was the holy yeah. word. Don't come at me with no BS. I'm going to call you on it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm yeah. not the one for you to be sitting here. Like, if you think that you're going to be using me for my body parts, let's shut that down right now because it's not happening. You know? And I think that's the thing because, you know, energy is very real. If, and if you're giving off that type of energy, then that's what you're going to attract. But I think that, and, and, and for a strong man, right? Because he can understand the energy that I'm putting off, which is don't come at me with that foolishness. A strong man's going to be like, okay, well, whenever I do find that strong man, he'll, he won't be afraid to come up to me. But a weak man who know that, okay, yeah, let me not even bother. So I think it's a matter of just really being intentional, right? Really like looking and paying attention to yourself and see like, okay, well, exactly what am I emitting? That's one. And I think also too, is about being intentional. Like me and Lotus was talking about this earlier about like, just not, um, being very mindful about who you accept as a date because there's some women out there who just want to date men because they want a free dinner lord that's what you think about that <laughs> it's that's crazy to me just because you know um it's sad at the same time that you know you hear these kinds of things but um you know I, man the struggle is real um but i think it goes back to um like what you were saying about like not being fully healed or not having something you know, growing up and not having examples, right? Because you only do what you know how to do, what you were taught how to do. And when you don't have good ex um, godly examples leading you, you don't know where to go. Because, I mean, in the Bible, it doesn't really talk about dating, it doesn't talk about courtship, it doesn't talk about all that kind of stuff. So you're like left in a gray area. And, um, you know, but I think that's when you really have to ask the Holy Spirit, like how you're supposed to date, you know, who you're supposed to accept as a date. Um, and even see this person. I mean, I, I think in a, in a godly way of dating, like you really have to know this person before you even accept a date with them, I think, because, you know, um, usually when you're dating, it's with the intention of marriage. Possible. And so, yes. you know, you, um, you can't just go around accepting dates from anybody just because somebody wants to take you out. Um, you know, because then that clouds your mind and it, you know, your, your mind isn't clear to make, you know, wise decisions. Um, in that time, like I get, you know, you're trying to get to know people and this and that, but you can be friends and get to know somebody, you know, and not have the, and have boundaries mm -hmm. and say, you know, and stating like, this is what, these are my intentions. This is what I'm looking for. If you're not even willing to go through that with me, then like, there's no point of doing this. Yeah. And like, you know, for me, I'm not gonna go have dinner with you just to go on a date with you, you know, but I think it, it does take a level of maturity to get to that place. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was good. I think um, that in the old Testament, there's a whole like list of rules from Moses, right? And it goes through how, basically how you should live your life. And it's like not something that we as Christians strictly follow anymore because we're under the blood and we have grace and everything. And I think the situations back then are different from what they are now. And so yeah. it, life has gotten a lot more complicated with technology and all this and that. I mean, there's basic principles there that you can um you can draw from but the main key i think is dating with intention like i want to get married versus dating just to date and i'm i always knew this i'm too intense 
like I uh, <laughs> to just be dating whoever and you know have like a whirlwind something or other for it just not to work out and then be crushed and um and then have to build myself up and I've seen so many women just they fall for the first guy that tells them I love you and then it's really based on nothing it crashes and then they build up their life again but they fall for the next one or they become more um jaded and become more much more um predatorial like i just want what i want and that's it and i'm going to use you and they they put it under this whole like feminist banner saying like oh i'm a woman you should respect me da 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 da, da. but it's really hiding all this hurt and pain that they never really dealt with because they let themselves go too far on something that really wasn't for them so I've seen that too many times. And I, it's this weird, like, you're kind of walking on eggshells a little bit with these women too. And, um, and then just navigating what that is until you hear from the Lord. And I think all of us kind of bring this around is all of us have gotten word from God who our spouse is going to be. I have never met him. <laughs> but I know you too have an idea of who it is. Um, but I, I just know what God's been telling me for the last uh, almost a year now. And, and it wasn't like I was looking for that either. The thing was that I had, um, I grew up Christian and, but I didn't have that experience, that Holy Spirit fire come, you know, and it, when it did it ignited me so far as like, I just want to seek God for my life and what he wants me to do. And as soon as I think, I had gotten to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I was obedient, followed him. We, I went to the Africa trip. I went to a couple of things. And then as soon as I did that, it was like the door opened, like, okay, here's this guy. Let me tell you about him. And, and then at first, and that was for me hard because I've been used to shutting down a lot of any like potential things. Cause I'm like, you're not, no, mm, nah, I don't think so. Uh, and it, they just weren't right. Or I was intimidated. There was always something wrong, you know, never clicked. And now God's telling me like, yeah, I'm going to send you somebody. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's not what I was coming to you for, God. <laughs> Wait a second, what? <laughs> and so it's been a process, um, I think, since last June to really get myself prepared for a particular man. It's not just anybody. It's not just any person. Give me clues on who this is, characteristics, things about him and myself, how our marriage is going to work very intentional very much this is the plan i'm giving you the keys here's the plan this is what was this is what's going down and i need that <laughs> i need a plan god what are we doing here <laughs> so that's been um yeah that's been the last several months you know you said something that was really um important i think that and very significant and um a lot of people whenever they are single even with their singleness and not intentional. And that's a problem because if you are a person who have dated before, or like somebody like me who came out of a marriage or somebody who just came out of a relationship, something that is so important is to make sure that you give yourself time to heal. Yes. You have to give yourself time to heal. It just, I see it time and time again. I can't tell you how many people that I know who have been in like their whole entire lives. They have no idea what it means to be by themselves. Like as soon as they get out of a relationship, boom, they're straight in another one. I'm just like, well, dang, sis. Dang, bro, like chill out and be by yourself for a little bit. Like, you know, and it's so important, I feel, because you need to understand who you are 
as a person. You need to understand what your likes and dislikes are, you know, because because sometimes you think you know what you like and it's really not the case and the thing is that what i've come to learn is that god doesn't really he's he's not really necessarily con- concerned about what you like or what your preferences are it's like okay what, what, what does my daughter need because what you yeah. like what you want and what you need is two different things you know and everything is according to purpose if because i could have this person right here and to me oh he's perfect for me in my own mind in my own little you know finite mind but god is just like nah sis like that's or not never sis but nah daughter that's not what's right for you because truly the purpose that i have for you right this man right here the one that i intentionally designed like this one is the one that's going to your your purposes will line up and you guys can be able to move forward together that's a powerful couple right there do you understand but it all but even with that how do you but you can't do that if you don't know what your purpose is you can't you can't you see what i'm saying you cannot so i think it's very necessary to really take that time out to really understand who you are as far as like who i am as fabiola right and and for me to also understand who i am in christ Mm -hmm. because when i understand who i am in christ there's certain things man when i look back on it and i sit there and i think about the stuff that i took like i allowed to happen to me and it's just like if i truly had a firm identity within myself like if i truly understood my identity as fabiola like as he created me to be as well as if i truly had an understanding of who he has me uh, i mean who who i am in christ i would have never allowed that to happen never in life because i said as i stand today you got to be stupid and out your freaking mind if you think that i'll allow somebody to do something like that to me but it's a growth thing right yeah growth thing and even like once i was divorced one of the things that god told me he said to me, um, give me one year, one year. Don't do anything. Don't date. Don't do nothing. Just, just spend your time with me. You know, let, allow me to heal you. Allow me to woo you. So you can understand, like, um, let me show you how it's supposed to be. So that when another man comes, just like how Aubrey, right, with her dad, like, no, a man can't come up to her in any type of way because she knows what the good example is. You understand? But for me, the, what God was like, let me show you how it's supposed to be because I didn't have that. And he's like, let me show you how it's supposed to be so that when a man does come up to you, he has no choice but to come up to here. And if he doesn't, then there's no reason for you to even entertain him. It's good. Yeah, that's good. That I think good. it's important to also like use your singleness as a time to be intentional, like, you know, with yourself, like you were saying, um, because when you do get into a relationship, right? Like, I think a lot of us are, more infatuated with the idea of marriage than the actual marriage itself um especially when you're you know never been married and so um you know you picture what your life is going to be like once you get married and sometimes it's that's not what it you know uh, hypes up all to be um and it's because you didn't take the time to work on yourself during that time and maximize your singleness and um and just like you said, like, you know, what are your likes and dislikes? But not only that, just even healing from like childhood trauma. Yeah. Right. That's good. Um, because I think a lot of the way we re- react to things, um, there's always a root cause and what and why we're like, we're the way that we are right in our adult lives. Um, but I think when you don't understand that and when you're um, not focused on that, because you're just like, well, God made me this way, so I'm just going to be this way. Right. Because a lot of us have that type of attitude. But 
you know, that's not what he wants for us. He wants us to be set free from that. And so like, we really have to dig in during that time to understand, you know, why we do the things that we do and then how do we heal those wounds and how do we fix them so that way we can ruin that relationships, you know, because God set it up for a reason, you know, it's not just because we, you know, we're the only ones that desire to be in a relationship. Um, you know, God, that's the way he created us. Right. And so, um, but we can't have all the things that he, you know, has, uh, set out for us if we don't do the work behind it as well. Right. So it's, it's super, you know, important to be intentional during this time and just figuring it out, you know, um, with him and helping or having him help you, you know, to reveal certain things. I know that's what he's been doing in me, you know, lately, as far as, you know, just revealing the things in me that I need to work on before he can even release, you know, this relationship. Right. Right. I think, um, that's one of the key points too, is I, um, as good as my like background is, we still went through stuff, a lot of things. And I saw patterns in myself I didn't like, and I was trying to, um, work on it and do inner healing stuff. But there comes a point where it's like, you have to invite the Lord into it because you can't do it by yourself. It has to be a partnership with you and him. And I think a lot of these like self-help, um, get yourself right, get yourself going like motivational things for like, you know, you can do it, you're single, da, da, da. The danger is that you're taking God out of it and not letting him process it with you. And I experienced that too. It's very empty. And you feel like you're just like um, on a rat wheel, just you keep going. And then all of a sudden the cycle repeats or you see it again. And you're like, what? I thought I dealt with that. And, and that's something too. It's you get better and God heals you. That's like a lot of inner healing and deliverance. But then at some point you have to say like, okay, I'm good enough. Like this is, this is where God has had me right here and I can meet with him here because I think we can always strive for perfection that um, is damaging. The idea of perfection is damaging. I think perfection in Christ is a different um, idea than just the world's perfection. Yeah, and that's good. And even when you get to the other side of it, right? Like when you do find Oh, no. a position that's just you know it's it's just up there and you're like wait god why did you bring this person into my life right and god's showing you things and you're just like then you start to doubt yourself and then you have to but you have to sit back and say okay those are just thoughts going on in your mind you know what i mean and like that's just the enemy trying to trick you because like you just said like you know you are good enough in god's eyes no matter where you are what stage you're in if he brings somebody to you like you also can't be afraid right of um of not or like that fear of not being good enough for that person so that's it yeah i think it's a a limiting um you can limit you'll miss out on something that god wants to give you and i see that too where people are just so upset obsessed with this i need to just perfect myself and continue perfect and get to that point where, um, that it leaks out on others. It's very controlling too, because then they call it out on, oh, you're not doing this right. You're not doing that right. Because they're really, it's really condemning. 
you're self-condemning. Where I think when you invite God into it, it's more conviction, a changing of the mind, and, and it changes your behavior. And when God changes your mind, it's like, it's a deep, deep change. It's as, not like yeah. a surface level. Um, and you can't go that deep without God. Right. He's the only one who really has that access to your heart. He only has that, that depth that can really, really touch you in a way that nobody else can, not even yourself. And yeah. I think that's specifically reserved for him and our relationship with him. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. It's, especially because when it comes, especially when it comes to wounds or traumatic experiences, what I've often found is that we're the, a lot of the times we're dealing with the symptoms or the manifestation yeah. of things, right? You do things and you don't even know why you're doing what you're doing. And without God, I truly believe this. Um, without God, you won't even be able to find out and understand what the root of things are. Because sometimes, right. even like within this past week, you know, God's revealed something to me. And this is getting like hardcore deep. Aubrey, you might know where I'm going with this. It's like I'm sitting here, like I'm operating in a certain way. And I'm asking myself, like, why do I keep acting this way? Why do I keep attracting these things? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Because sometimes you're thinking that it's something that's like real simple, when in reality, no, bro, it's so much more deeper than that. It's, you know, it's, it's a generational thing because there's a familiar spirit that's been, you know, following your family. Honey, listen, Linda, listen, okay? Listen, there is no self-help book in the world that's gonna tell you that, okay? It's not, it's not. Yeah. Okay. And then you're just like, I just don't understand. Like, why do I keep falling into the same situation all the time? Sometimes maybe it might be a generational situation that's been going on for years, like generations right. beyond. Like, sure, from the time that you want a whole other continent. Okay. That's one. Another thing too, there are spirits out there that are often not taught about in the majority of the churches that we talk about, um, that we, that we go to. That is, I mean, when I tell you like, how often have you guys heard about, like, unless you go to a good church or you follow a good ministry, okay, somewhere out there, how many of us have really heard of, like, marine spirits or this or that and blah, blah, blah. Like, there's so many things that are so much deeper that what we like, that, that we can ever conceptualize in our mind. And on top of that, like, the regular church is not teaching on these things. So we're, it's like we're having, we're in a battle, right? where we don't even have the proper tools to fight these things. And we're trying to understand, like, why is it that I am, like, why am I struggling so hard? Okay. Yeah. And one of the toughest things, here we go. The big three letter one, S E X. Let me tell you something. I love sex. I've been doing it for a long time. Okay. Because I was married for so long. One of the biggest struggles that I had, you know, and it's not just like the, the, the act of it, but it's the companionship. It's the stuff that comes along with it. Right. I've been doing it for yeah. a long time. I was married for a long time. So somebody like me, you know, and this is a, like, this is real stuff, right? Very, very real stuff. I've been, I was married for 17 years. I was having sex for 18 years, okay? And then all of a sudden, now that I'm divorced, I can't do it no more? What you mean? Yeah. And it, you, you understand what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's hard. It's, it's hard, people. It's hard because the Bible said you're not supposed to fornicate, okay? But I've been doing it for, you know, I've been doing it for a long time. Like, we're, this is real conversation. Yeah. Or, yeah. You, you, you see? So it's like, that's one thing. That's one. Another aspect of it is, too, is that if you, um, if you, you know, you were having sex, even though if you weren't married, but then you got your life right with Christ. But it's, let's be, it's like, once you tasted Reese's Pieces, man, it's hard to never go back to it again. Unless you had a peanut allergy you never really yeah. had before. But you understand what I'm saying? I don't know how Aubrey does. She never had, she doesn't do pizza. I could not imagine in life. But you know what I'm saying? 
same concept but this is but this is real stuff that we deal with it's like you know there's certain things that you're used to or that you've been doing and it's just like this is not an option anymore because if i'm going to follow christ and i have dedicated myself i've dedicated my body to him i cannot sit here and engage in activities which i have no business engaging in yeah because the reality is and it took me a while to understand this and it's just like god is not trying to stop you from having sex because of what you think he's having like he knows it feels good like he created our body parts he put those nerve endings there he knows what it is i'm just saying yeah he knows the reason why he doesn't want us to 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 have it is because of the implications that come along with it you know especially as a woman i'm one of those women like i know i can't be sitting here having sex with just anybody like i would get straight connected like man i would be that i would be that person so i have no business having sex with anybody you know that's one number two like oh my god the spiritual aspect the soul ties can we talk about the soul ties the soul ties the soul ties (laughs) we're just like wait a second like i don't even like you like that why is it that (laughs) you know that you're sitting here trying to tear yourself away from this person yeah but you can't because let's put it into perspective you're physically, we're not, you are not only becoming physically one with the person, you are spiritually becoming one with them. You are literally in the act. Think about it. I'm going to be very, very like, somebody might say that I'm being a little bit extra with this, but I don't know what other way to put it. This right here, this right here, whatever. And then it goes like this. You're one, you're connected. And just because yeah. he comes out of you doesn't mean that it stopped right there. I, there's a study that have been done that says that every single time a man has sex with a woman, he leaves a piece of his DNA inside of her. So he's yeah. with you for life, even if you're no longer talking with each other or anything like that. Like, can you imagine? And, yeah. that's not, and of course, we got the other aspects of, you know, disease and, and babies and stuff like that. And, you know, like the person that you're having sex with, is that the person that you want to have babies with just in case? Because then what? Or if you got a disease, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, but I feel like even with that, the spiritual part is what freaks me out the most. Yeah, I agree. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. I think we tend to see things so um, one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. It's just bodies. We don't, we don't pay attention that we are a complicated, multidimensional creature, that there is a spirit in us, we have a soul, we have a body, and everything reflects each other. Yeah. How, yeah. What I feel, what I think, even as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And I recently learned this in like Hebrew culture, that there is no difference between your body and your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. There is no difference. They saw it all as one. And so when I think sad things, I cry. There's a physical response, like a physical thing that happens. When I'm happy, I smile and laugh. Like there's a physical thing that happens. And so I think a lot of times too, if that's how it is just with body and soul, what about your spirit, the spiritual side of things? And I know Fab, um, you and I have talked about this a little bit about even like world events and that sort of thing. Okay, we see like earthquakes and we see all these things in the natural, but what's happening in the spiritual? Like, because things, they reflect. Right, And the whole idea is um, with um, Paul, he says, I see through a mirror dimly. Like, I've been really um, meditating on that too. Like, why does he say mirror? Why does he say a veil or a cloth or something? Because something is being reflected back Mm. into, and he's looking into that reflection. 
and seeing, okay, what is the spiritual reflection of what's going on physically? So physically you're having sex, but what does that mean spiritually? Like, what are you actually doing in the spirit? And then how is that going to um, reflect back into the natural again? You know, people don't, you, most people don't think about that. That's some like really, really deep, deep, deep thoughts, but yeah. And it's fast because it's like every single time you have sex with the person, right? You're literally opening up a door for something demonic, you know, yep. like I've heard, I mean, and it's so crazy because you got some people who were just like, they're so, they become so desensitized because you've been doing it for so much. So obviously you can be yeah. desensitized to it, but just because you became desensitized to it doesn't mean that what's going on still doesn't continue on to happen, you know? And it's just like, then you have this thing, depending on, you know, you can have sex with the wrong person. Next thing you know, you open up this door, you end up having a spiritual wife or a spiritual husband who's sitting there unrelentingly attacking you in your sleep. This, once again, this is the stuff that they don't talk about in church enough. Let me speak for America. In yeah. America, they don't talk about, you know, but somehow somewhere in Africa, they, yo, they be talking about this stuff like all the time, bro. But here they don't talk about those things. And you're like, wait a second. I had a dream that I was having sex with somebody that's demonic. That is not a normal thing. You should not be having sex with anybody in your dream. When you're sitting here waking up with the orgasm, that's demonic. Okay. Look these things up. But the thing is that, you know, we're not conditioned to think about this or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, what, because if I, something like that ever happens to me, I legit think to myself, oh my God, what door did I accidentally open up? Or did I open up by doing something that I had no business doing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or even, I mean, the enemy is a bully too. He'll take advantage of everything. So right. even if you didn't do anything wrong, he's still going yes. to pick on you, <laughs> pick on you unless you call him on it. Right. Unless you say, no, get back. I'm done with you. Get out of here and call him on it. He's going to see how much he can get away with. Yeah. And I think even for like, um, the, you know, the believers out there that do, you know, um, do these kinds of things and no judgment, but I don't think they realize, mm -hmm. you know, like I hear, I hear this a lot, especially in the Christian culture, like, well, the world is doing it. Everyone else is doing it. Yeah. Or how about the Lord yeah. knows my heart? Yeah. The Lord knows my heart or the Lord knows that I'm a sinner saved by grace. Or, you know, all, you hear all these kinds of things. And I'm sure, you know, just like you all have too. Um, and, you know, it's it's crazy because, I mean, at least for me, it's like, I don't think that I was in my mind, like growing up, even though I was a believer, you know, I don't think there was any part of me that was like, oh, I'm going to save myself for marriage. You know, like all the, it was just like, if it happens, it happens. You know, like I, I never was like, nope, this is the way it has to be. And da, da, da. it wasn't until I was like really radically changed by the Lord that I was like, those desires no longer like, you know, were there anymore. It was like, nope, I have a way of living now. Nope, this is what I'm striving for. And I think for me, I'm, I'm really thankful, like in past relationships, like how God did preserve or protect me in certain ways. You know, just like how earlier you were speaking about um, the energy that you give off or whatever it is that you get is what you attract. And I remember being, you know, friends with with guys who, you know, like I was just really I was close to them. But like here I'm thinking like we're just good friends. Right. Um, and I remember there was one in particular that at that time, like I did like and he, you know, it's like there was like a mutual attraction. Um, but then he went and did some like 
did some stuff with this other girl that was in our circle and my my older brother you know kind of confronted him well because he was like oh your sister is mad at me he's like well yeah of course she is like you know you were doing this with so-and-so and he told he's like well your sister won't do the things that she did and he was like well one if I ever catch you doing that type of stuff with my sister like I will kill you <laughs> there you go good big brother you know but it's like I think about those things now that I'm much older right yeah. because this is all happening when I'm like 18 19 years old um that I'm like well god thank you for mm-hmm. covering me in that way yeah. right um because I just like I said I don't think if you don't have a strong relationship with Christ and you're um you know your walk is kind of iffy like you're not gonna have those standards for yourself and you're not gonna you know um think of yourself as being good enough to have those type of standards Mm, so i think um i think kind of going back to the churches as to why we're not told this stuff um we've become very watered down secret friendly and it's up to the church building or the church itself to bring the people in but that was never what it was meant to be it was supposed to be one-on-one communications let me get to know you let me talk to you and then befriend people and then it's like okay go go meet my church family go meet with the people who who are who have this depth like how deep you'd want to go but it first starts on an individual level. But now it's like we've we've um, have this idea of that corporate is supposed to bring in um, the people, the the non-saved, the the whoever. And so they they you have to like gradually take this in because a lot of this information, if you told me years ago, I would not have believed. I was like, mm-hmm, yeah, no, you're crazy. <laughs> I couldn't accept it. I couldn't understand. And, and then now that, that um, and I think too that, that there's experience that has to come into that because a lot of these preachers will go to school, they'll get their education, they'll all understand the information here. They won't actually understand it in their hearts. They won't have, they don't have experiences because experience is risk, the risk that you're wrong. And there's this whole like, it, you can go really deep into this, this whole idea that pastors have to be a certain way, they have to have this, da 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 da, you have to have all these standards, which aren't even really biblical. Some of them aren't even biblical. There are some things being a leader, yes, you are required to do. There are other things that the church just puts on, and it's just this whole idea of religion. And yeah. we've talked about this, God's breaking that off of the church. But, um, but as far as like spiritual stuff, I know for me, um, it comes with giftings too. And when you don't realize that, you don't realize how you're being affected. Like I I remember I was baptized when I was 11 and then I would have all these experiences and all this and that. Well, the spiritual world is not talked about. You're not warned like, Hey, the Holy spirit is going to, you know, can, he can talk to you and you can, you feel something in the inside and that's this, or, Oh, you're, you're picking up on the thoughts of people around you. Mm -hmm. What? that you know you you don't realize that that's actually a thing like that actually happens and it's not it's god trying to show you something or it's you you have a gifting but you you there's not really that understanding of how people work um it's so 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 it's based on this christ died for you you're saved we've got you to heaven go live your life (laughs) did our job 
yeah. I mean, you understand how this works now. I mean, you have some Bible knowledge now. Okay, that's our job. No, like this is a relational. God is a relational God. So why wouldn't he structure the church as a relational creature, as a relational being, you know? Yeah. So anyway, I think that that was one of my struggles too, is that I didn't understand half the time what was happening to me and how much, how what was on other people was affecting me and what I thought and my own own concept of it. Because I think too, you get attacked in your mind and you do want, your body wants sex, your body wants sex. And that's Amen. Yeah. And then, or like all of a sudden you're fine and then out of nowhere you're like, oh, that's really what's going on with me <laughs> yeah no it's definitely real it's not yeah. like it's the other people around you and you don't you don't know like it's the person sitting on the bus next to you like it's it just gets me, so yeah. it took me a long time to really understand that and honestly it was through conversations with aubrey that i was just like okay this makes more sense because i'm an empath like i feel everything a lot of people are feeling right and especially yeah. living in New York City, you just start, man, like, because we're such close quarters on the, like, there'd be moments, like, I'm fine. Like, I don't have any type of issue. And all of a sudden, I am horny as anything. And I'm just like, what in the world? Like, what is that? And where the heck did that come from? You know? Yeah. And then I remember at some point, Aubrey was just like, yo, just like, ask you know, like really think about it. Like, where's, it's not you. And I remember the Holy Spirit would tell her, even before she had told me that the Holy Spirit was saying, it's like, that's not your feelings. Like, you're not feeling that. Like, that's not you. And I really didn't understand. I didn't understand it until she said, I was like, okay, I think I'm understanding now. You're feeling other things that everybody else is feeling. That's not your issue. And that's the same yeah. thing sometimes, even in the, in the, and even in the realm of dating, right? Or single, you have to think about the same thing too. Like, what is that? Like, you know, this lustful feeling that you're feeling, is it really you? Or is it that person or what's around you? That's another reason why it's very, like, you got to be very mindful of who you hang around with, yeah. you know, who you're talking to, what kind of conversations that you get into with people and stuff like that. One thing I made a decision of, I'm not talking to no man about sex. There's no reason for me to be talking to you about sex because we're not having it. We're not doing it. You're not getting inside of me. Like, we're not doing nothing. So there's really actually and truly no reason for us to be for us to be having that conversation because yeah. me being the visual person that I am and in the way that I feel and stuff like that, I'm sitting here having this conversation with you. Next thing I know, you see what yep. I'm saying? And I'm, it's like, I'm literally setting myself up for failure, but that's yeah. the thing that comes along with knowing yourself. Like I know the issues that I struggle with. So if I know that I struggle with these issues, why am I going to even sit here and touch it with a 10 foot? I'm not doing it. Like I'm not going to sit here and put myself into that right. type of temptation, you know? And it's not to say that I'm not going to sit here and act like, well, I haven't messed up. Yeah, I have messed up, you know, but at the same time, too, whenever I do mess up, I think to myself and I pray and I'm like, Lord, where did I, how did I miss the mark? Like, what was the, what was the preceding thing yeah. that happened that made me get into this situation? You know, it's been like, because I was incredibly lonely. I was mad at God. <laughs> I was straight retaliating in God. And God was just like, well, how'd that work out for you? So you hurt yourself to get back at me. How did that really work? Because the condemnation that came along with that was far worse than anything that I was experiencing at that moment, that pleasure. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. it was like, the condemnation was so real. I'm just like, well, how did that work out for you? But once again, I'm not desensitized because I haven't really had that much sex with people. So it's like, you know what I mean? So it, I feel it a whole lot more than other people, but um, I think so in my mind anyway. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah. Did anybody have anything to add on to that or? 
No, I think you covered it. Just you, you have to know yourself before you can get into a relationship. I think that's the key. Mm-hmm. Being secure in your relationship with God and Christ yeah. and knowing your, and knowing who you are in him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say, um, you know, when you, when your relationship with Christ is really strong, you know, the rest of it is just going to overflow into your other relationships. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, relationships isn't just with, you know, your future spouse or with your spouse, like, you know, that you have relationships in every area of your life and they're all connected in some way. And so, you know, a lot of times when this type of relationship isn't working out, um, it's probably because it's not working out in all the relationships in your life. Yeah. And that's True. why it's so important to know yourself, you know, to, um, so you can get the root cause of what, what is causing all of that. And, um, you know, so then everything else will flow in the manner that it's supposed to. That's, that's it. That's exactly <laughs> You know, another thing that I've noticed, like, I've had issues dealing with um, during this time um, was like companionship and not just, just being, and not just being by myself, not necessarily by myself. It's the companionship because I'm yeah. an extroverted introvert. Like I'm good at being by myself anyway, because that's how I, you know, I build myself back up. But sometimes you just want somebody, you know, yeah. like somebody, because I mean, I was with somebody for so long, for 20 years of my life. Like he was my person that was there through everything. And sometimes that part got lonely. And, um, and one thing that I learned, and I'm still in the process of learning how to do, right? Because I, I mean, I'm, yeah. still, I'm still learning. And um, it's just really like, whenever I do get to those moments, just learning how to, okay, Lord, let me be with you. And it's something that's weird because it's like, like I, like I love God's presence. Like I love the Lord. Right. But the reality is he's not physically here with me. Yeah. He's just not physically here with me. And just like one thing I I learned recently is about something about like, basically like the realm of love, you know, and just going into this deep secret place with the Lord where, you know, he would, he's more than enough for me. That's something that's a prayer. That's a, that's a prayer within myself that I, I pray all the time. Like, Lord, like be more than enough for me in every area, especially in the love, especially in all of that, you know, because yeah. what I don't want is that when the man that God has for me come in, that I'm going to push God away. That's a no, no, I'm not doing that. You know, because if that man leaves or he dies or whatever the case may be, then what? Yeah. Right. And then he's become your God instead oh okay can we talk about that because that right there is so real as somebody who's been married for many years man and then you know if i was been around married people that is a that that's a pandemic okay that is a serious issue in um in marriages women make and not just marriages but also relationships especially women because of how we're built right we make our man our god that is a logo and then he will disappoint you because in the end he's a man not not man as in male, but as in he's a human being. He's flawed for right. himself. Right. 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 And vice versa. I've seen men do yeah. that to women too. Yeah. And also when your kids come along, then people, and then they forget about the husbands and then they do that to their kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you become these helicopter parents that sit in there suffocating, not the crap, you know, suffocating the crap out of your kids. And you don't understand why your kids don't want to be next to you as they get older. Get off of them. Like, stop. Stop it. Yeah. Stop. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. You're just trying to fill this emptiness that's, yeah. that's supposed to be God. God's supposed to be there. And you haven't actually touched on it because it's sensitive. 
like we didn't I think we don't purposely shy away from things unless it's painful or we don't like it like if it's good for us typically we're like oh, okay I'll try it or I'll do it or whatever but if it's um I think naturally just no influences or whatever we're naturally wired for love and we're naturally wired for for um enjoying good things and so I think that if it hurts you're not going to want to you don't want to like actually look at that so you're going to try to fill it with other things and but the reality and it's vulnerable and I think being vulnerable with God is is something that he's been talking to me about too it's um he's like I already see it why are you hiding it like why are you covering it up it's this whole idea of shame and and um you're like I can't go to God for this thing and so you're trying to fill it with other things, which usually is people. Yeah. And it's, you know, we're made in the image of God. So there is a reflection of God in, in every human being that we are attracted to. That's why we're, we cling to them. You know, there's an aspect of humanity that is like God. And, um, but it's not the original. And we need the original. Mm, that's good. That's Return good. Apostle, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So, so how about this, right? So we finally get to the point where, okay, the Lord has brought us somebody, you know, the person that he has for us, and then um, we're in a relationship with them. That's another part, I think, right? What does that even look like? Like, I know where, you know, there's nowhere in the Bible that says that, like, um, we don't, you know, about, like, courting and dating, but... If we do decide to have, because some people have very short engagement, like I've heard stories where people like, yo, I seen him and the Lord said, told me, that's my wife, that's my husband, and they get married immediately. But everybody's not doing all that, right? Yeah. Because people have different situations and, you know, people try to get themselves financially together. Some people are just like, nah, man, I need to fill this out a little bit, you know? But you get into a relationship with somebody, how does a godly relationship, like how would that even look like, you know, to make sure, for example, that you're not having sex? To, um, to learn about one another, to, um, um, to grow. You, 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 do you understand what I'm saying? Like, how does a godly relationship even looks like? Because the reality is, how often do we actually see them? Yeah. And that's definitely something that's hard to navigate. I mean, you know, in this time, like, I know I said that I'm single, but I'm at the same time getting to know somebody, right? And like, we're being intentional with each other. Um, and it's definitely hard because in me and my mindset and one, you know, just my American culture ways, I think it should be this way. Right. And, you know, where he comes from, maybe that's not how it looks on his side. Um, you know, so it's definitely something that you have to just ask the Holy spirit and like to help guide you. And I think we talked about this earlier, but boundaries, and, um, you know, another thing that I think you had kind of touched on, um, you know, when, uh, when is the person that God has for you? I think he works things out in such a way that it's like, there's no other way than to describe it than that's God, right? Because um, there's just no other way to explain like how these things happen or how you get from point A to point B um, without even being like, next to the person or even having that sit down conversation and be like what are we what are we doing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I mean that just goes back to like you have to know what your purpose is and your purposes have to align you know versus out there looking for someone for just their pre your preference 
Amen. Because your purpose is like, that's going to outweigh everything every single time because God really does have somebody designed specifically for you to do what you're both supposed to do in the kingdom. Amen. And so, um, but like I said, it's, it's just one of those things that you just, you really have to ask the Holy Spirit. You know, I know for me, there's so much that the Lord has like revealed to me, but at the same time, it's like, I have to wait for his timing on the other end. And it's like certain things have come together so far, but there's a lot that's still in the unknown. Right. But then it's like, this person told me, he's like, I can only move when the spirit tells me to move. So I can tell you this much. But I can't tell you the rest yet because that's not where God has us yet. That's good. Right. That's good. That's good. You know, and I really believe like when it's somebody that God has for you, like, you know, that person's going to push you towards the Lord. If that person isn't pushing you towards the Lord, that's probably not the one, sis. Come on. Come on, on, Lordy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's good. reevaluating like where I'm at in my you know relationship with this person it's like the the consistency that I see you know and in such a godly way that's what attracts me to it that's what I'm like okay there's consistency right there's somebody who doesn't care what the world says and what things should look like and he's not going against what he believes in just because the rest of the world is operating that way right I think there's a safety in it too. I think you can, you can trust him in that. I mean, you have to get to know each other. And I think um, as you get to know each other too, and how deep his relationship with God is. Mm -hmm. And I think that for me makes me feel like, okay, if something's going on, he's going to pray about it. If something's going on, he's going to seek the Lord on it. If something's going on, it's not going to be like this pressure on me to fulfill his need for like, you need to solve this for me. So there's that. And, and there's the safety of like, Oh, he's going to go to God for me and, and go up to bat for me and pray for me, you know, and I I would do the same for him. And so I think there's like this this security that it's really weaving this relationship of the three, the three strand cord of God and you and this other person. And um, God is just, I think he's really into relationships right now and building healthy kingdom relationships. Um, Yeah, that's good. Because I mean, the reality is this, right? In our culture and our society and the way that we do things on this earth is so backwards and it doesn't make sense, right? And if we go back into the word and do exactly as the word says, and we won't get as caught up, we won't get caught, we're least likely to get caught up in foolery, right? Um, So one of the, something that a lot of people tend to, especially Christians, right? I get attacked often because I was divorced, right? And it's like, well, you're a Christian. You're not supposed to be divorced. How about you get out my face and you don't know what you're talking about, okay? Because the thing is this, the word says this, right? The word says what God has put together, let no man separate, right? But here's the question. Did God put me and that man together? No, he didn't. That was a decision that me and him made on our own, not including God, God. you know? And that was that situation. What God has put together. So what does that mean? God should put this man and this woman together, right? And as you're paying attention and as you're watching certain things, and this, this is something, like I said, I've had 17 years of just paying attention to certain things, right? It took me, at the end, I've seen this stuff, you know, but it's just like, 
this is some of the things that I realized. Instead of you sitting here as a man or as a woman, you're like, man, yo, he look good. Or, yo, she got a fatty. You know what I mean? Don't worry about all that stuff. Because in the end, like, even in the end, was it in Proverbs that says that? Like, yo, beauty is fleeting. It goes away after a while. Well, not mine, because, like, I'm aging like fine wine, honey. Like, ask somebody something. Like, I'm aging like fine wine, you know? But <laughs> the reality is it, it, it goes away. You understand? So yeah. what is left over? Understand, and that's one of the things that God really, like, really took the time that like, he really taught me, like, truly, what is your role, your God-given role as a husband, and what is a God-given role as a wife? Yeah. Not, what the, not by the world standards, but what, yeah. by what God says it's supposed to be. So as a woman, now I know, like, what Aubrey was saying, okay, is he, like, when we get into a situation, what's happening right now? Are you praying? Yeah. Or are you just completely disconnected and you off in the corner somewhere playing video games because you can't sit here and, you know, you, you, you're tuning me out, you're tuning God out, you're, mm-mm. You understand what I'm saying? Because the thing is this, once we go through, because the wedding is awesome, that's the party time, but that part's eventually what? goes away and the honeymoon goes away. But when we're sitting here, we're fighting real battles. Are you going to pray for me? Are you going to pray with me? Yeah. There were many a times I remember like me and my ex-husband, like there were times we were fighting and it was just like, okay, all of this craziness is going on. And as this stuff is going on, like I had to step away and then go into the closet and go pray for him. Because obviously this is not you. This is a spiritual situation that's going on and I'm being attacked or we're being attacked. Yeah. This is, and I personally believe, and even as I'm talking, I'm having a revelation about this. I think that's what the courtship is really about, honestly. Let, let's check each other out spiritually. You know, yeah. let, let's build these things together. Let's, let, how about we pray together? That would be an awesome date, honey. How about we come, let's pray together tonight. Let's be yeah. in the word. Mm-hmm. Let's have our yeah. Bible studies together. Not at nighttime, not late at night. And with the lights are off because that's creating a mood and we're not doing all that. But you see what I'm saying? But like, let's, let's do all of this. Let me find out where your mind is at. Like, how do you mm-hmm. feel about God? Let me see you. Let me see how, where your mindset is at with God. Because the reality is this is think about this now. Like if you were the man that I'm supposed to be with, we're going to have kids together. What legacy? Can I see myself building a legacy with this man? Is this, a, do, is this man going to raise my son to be a kingdom minded man? Is he going to raise my daughter so my daughters can see what a kingdom-minded man look like? You know, so he could, so she could have a good example of what a daddy's supposed to be like. What, you, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Right. Like, these are the things that I don't think a lot of us, we don't think about that stuff. No. But I guess it's a little bit easier for me because I'm on this end and I've seen where the mistakes were made, you know? And just even in learning how to, for example, another thing too is learning how to, we don't, honestly, a lot of us women, we don't honor our men enough. We don't honor them. We don't. Because yeah. our society says that, oh, I'm misindependent. I could do whatever I want. So you ain't going to talk to me like that. Cut that crap. I'll stop, please. Yeah. Okay. Let's just oh, that up. You know, respectfully talk to him. Lift him up. Edify him. You know, like seriously. But at the same time, too, let's turn it around as a man. Like, you know, treat your wife with respect. Give yeah. her something to submit to. As a strong woman, and I know many a strong women, women have no problems for the most part. A strong woman, for the most part, doesn't have a problem submitting to a man if she sees something worth submitting to. Yeah, I saw something that was like, okay. you know, for a man, a kingdom man, like if I lead her well, she will have no problem. Amen. Submitting. And that's so true because, you know, if he's leading me the right way, then of course I'm going to naturally submit. And right. I think all that independence as far as being a woman, like just not that it goes out the door and like God doesn't want you to have, you know, your own independence right, in certain right. things and your confidence in certain things. 
But I think in a marriage, you know, he still wants it to be like, look, God is, I'm here, then your husband, and then, you know, everything else follows in line. And I think a lot of women, especially in this day and age, they're like, I don't need a man because I can do it all on my own or, you know. That's cute, isn't it, though? That's such, that's so, I don't need a man. Yeah, I know I don't need one, but I want one, okay? I'm sorry, but (laughs) I'm just saying. Exactly. And I think, you know, God puts that desire in your heart, too. Right. It's a natural thing. So he wants... (laughs) God wants babies. <laughs> he said be fruitful. But I had two things. I had a uh, an unbeliever friend we were talking and she was sort of on the fence, you know, and she was asking me about it. And I was like, oh, I would not date somebody who isn't a Christian. And she was like, why not? And I said, because I, I've seen it where he's a Christian and she's, you know, Hindu or she, she's Jewish or she's whatever. And they're all like lovey-dovey and everything. But then they're like, oh, how are we going to raise the kids? Oh, well, I want the house to be this way. Oh, no, that's weird and pagan. I don't like that. Oh, no. And they get into these bickering arguments because of these deep convictions they have in themselves. And I was like, I have these deep convictions. I would want him to have that, too. I just know it's not going to work if he doesn't. It's just not going to work. And um, and she, she was kind of like, oh. And I think she <laughs> took her by surprise because... People don't think like, oh, what they believe is going to affect our relationship and it's going to affect me and and even my relationship, even with God. So I think protecting that too is protecting your relationship with God because he's he's going to affect that in a way too and how we see God as well. I know women too, they get into a dangerous, they get horrible relationships and then turn it on God and make it like, oh, God did this to me. It was you, boo. It was you. Yeah, yeah. 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 and I think too, um, back to like the way what Abby was saying is a role as a woman and as a man, how they're different. Doesn't mean one is less valuable than the other. Yes. Right. And I think right. the world confuses that because there's a hierarchy and there's a system of value. Um, I was listening to something and it was saying, I think it was Russia, um, but don't quote me, another country where um, doctors and nurses are that um, occupation is not seen as valuable. Um, so it was just kind of like something everybody did. Like it was just like, ew, who wants to do that? That's not it. But here in America, being a doctor is like, oh, the thing, you you know, it's put on a pedestal. And so it's this value system of what's more valuable than another because of what you do, what is your role? And um, stripping away the roles that doesn't actually have to do with who you are. And the truth that God is saying to me, like a lot, he's like, this is my son. This is my, see him as my son, take care of him as my son. This is my, this is my kid. This is my son and vice versa. This is my daughter. She's my kid. Take care of her. Like she's my kid. Yeah. That's good, girl. (laughs) That's really good. (laughs) Oh, okay. So there was one more thing that I wanted to point on to talk about. Um, with the whole boundary situation, right? Um, like how I was saying, like, you know, we can't be doing like <laughs> Bible study and it's at nighttime and right. it's dark and the mood is set because what you think is gonna happen, bro? You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Just in little stuff like that. So I think one of the things that God's been having on my heart, it's like literally as I, cause I know that the time is coming for me to start dating um, the person that he has for me. 
And it's just like, you need to have a game plan for when it comes, right? Yeah. So have an idea of, okay, well, you know, it's, it's even before you even meet the person, mm-hmm. right? And once you, and I think also when you meet the person and there is, a, um, um, I think together, right? You guys need to be able to come up with a plan as well as to how you're going to, um, what kind of boundaries you're going to have and how you're going to maintain them, right? And yeah. I think this also falls in line about what Aubrey was talking about, about like how you have, for example, like you have somebody who's Christian and the other one is Hindu. Let's put it in a Christian perspective because let's say you already decided, yeah, I'm going to be with the Christian person and whatever, whatever. You want Christian mingle or a plenty of fish or is that Christian? I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. But the thing is, it's like you want to make sure that I think it's really good to make sure that you got two people who are on the same level playing field of like your level in Christianity because like me, I'm not going to sit and not to each his own. I'm not going to sit here and be with somebody who's like, you're not on fire for the Lord and I am because what's going to end up happening yeah. at some point, And this is what they're talking about being, uh, um, making sure that you're equally yoked. Okay. Because if you're on, if I'm on fire, you're not, you're going to eventually spread me down. And after that, my fire is yeah. going to continue. It's going to come down and diminish. Next thing I know, I'm just like, yo, I used to be in it to win it for the Lord, man. And now since I've been with this fool, like my, I've done compromise on my, on everything. You know, before yeah. I was like, I ain't having sex. And now because he's not about that life or he pretended that he was or whatever the case may be. Now I'm sitting here having sex and that was no, nowhere in my intention. But if you have somebody where you guys have the same thinking, you're on the same level or whatever, then it's just like, okay, now we're on the same page. Yeah. We're on the same page. So I don't care how fine you are or if you are a doctor, whatever the case may be and blah, 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 blah. If we're not on that same equal footing right there, like, you know, that there's no reason for us to be even talking maybe we can be friends and then we'll see what happens later on you know but as far as that nah bro we ain't doing that yeah no that struggle is real too with like you know the being unequally yoked and even if you are believers like like how you said like you could be on fire and at a certain point and you know here is a person that you're trying to date but they're you know a young believer and they're not there yet yeah so then it's like either you know what they put on to you is going to bring you down or you feel like you have to go down to their level you know and it's like nope that ain't that ain't the that one ain't <laughs> that ain't it <laughs> yeah you guys should be we should be pushing each other to get closer to god and and um even in in and not just god i think in just relationships in general there should be a little bit of a push um to like step it up you know yeah, and and yeah. in, in a good way, in an encouraging, healthy, yeah, for sure, healthy way, yeah. a lovingly pushing way. Yeah, yeah, because in the end, we're not nagging here. Right, right. No. Because, I mean, even if you're not like, and you don't have to be in a relationship with that person. Even if it's right. just like, and I'm, I'm a, and and just knowing what I know now at this point in my life, there's a beauty about friendships, right? Yeah. And I think, oh, I just got a revelation. Maybe the reason why that they don't have courting is because maybe you were supposed to be friends first. You learn a whole, I just recently learned this a few weeks ago. You learn a whole lot about somebody when you're just friends with them as opposed to dating them. Because people put a pretense up when you're dating them because they want Mm -hmm. you to see what they want you to see because they're there with the ulterior motive. Mm -hmm. However, if you start off with a friendship, right? Because when you're, when you are with the, like if you're in a friendship with a man, like as a a man and woman, he'll show you or she will show you the real side of her. There's no reason for a pretense because I'm not trying to get nothing from you. Do you understand? And even within that friendship, relationship building process, discipleship can occur. I've seen that. 
Mm -hmm. I have seen that. And you see, and then that desire for sex is not really there because that's not our intention. We're just legit building a yeah. friendship, right. you know? And as we build that friendship, we're creating um, um, companionship. I become vulnerable with you. You become vulnerable with me. You understand? And then from there, I can, um, I can more easily decipher whether or not, huh, I think I like him. All right, Mama, yeah. what, you, what you think? What you, what, you, what you think about Tim? Okay, all right. Oh, yeah. no, he's not? Or yes, okay, well, you know, whatever. But there's not that, uh, you, you see what I'm saying? There's not that pressure. Yeah. Because there's something yeah. about when you like somebody, and I think, and like I said, knowing what I know now, this is like, this is just my, from my little 20 years of experience of being in a relationship with somebody and just like seeing it from other people. Friendships last a whole lot longer, you know? And that's, that's what ends up happening in most marriages people don't have a friendship. They don't have that foundation of a friendship. So when yeah. the lust or the this and the that breaks down, right? Y'all were never friends to begin with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no, never and so there's nothing to hold it there outside of God, of course, but there's nothing there to hold. There's nothing there. Um, there's nothing to hold it. So. Yeah. yeah. But like, I've seen that. It's like, you know, like how you said, like after the, the lustfulness goes away, right? After the kids are grown and, mm -hmm. and now it's just you two again, like, then there's nothing there. Why? Because there was really never anything there to begin with. And then you have all these middle-aged divorced people, you know, who missed out on so much. I'm sorry. You ain't got young, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, I think there's no condemnation here because life no, it isn't. you get thrown into it. You didn't pick who your parents were. You didn't pick any of that. You got thrown into life. You got handed a deal of cards and whether you got some good things or you got bad things. God will the, I think the point is God will make it work no matter yeah, what. Sure. No matter where you're at. And he's going to show you and reveal to you. That's the key thing is your relationship with God. Yes, absolutely. That is going to get you out or in or whatever to, to where you need to be and where you need to go and who you need to go with. And so I think that's <laughs> just throw that in there. That's a key. We're, nobody's condemning anybody here. Oh, no. <laughs> <Everybody's laughs> different. <laughs> No, yeah. there's no shame in it i think that's right and like yeah. you know god is so good that like it doesn't matter what timeline it, things happen in like i just i know that like when the things are supposed to happen happen for you like he's going to reverse all that time for you and he did you know exactly and so it's like you know whether you know you're at where you're at where you're newly you know single divorced and you know gonna start life over again in that aspect or you're like me and Aubrey where you know we're still waiting for life to happen no just kidding <laughs> um but in at least for me because I know I'm getting up there in age as far as you know especially when you have everyone looking at you and like why aren't you married yet you're uh, over 30 uh, yeah. so okay can we just talk about that there's the American culture of you need to work hard your whole life and do all of these things and then there's the subculture of where you grow up like <laughs> the whole like Mexican side, I have I'm half Mexican. There's that side and the white side. They're like, when are you giving us grandbabies? And over here, it's like, is there something wrong with you? What's happening? Why aren't you getting with somebody? And I know you guys have your own subcultures too, <laughs> and the expectations in that and what family means in that versus what actually God has structured it to be. I mean, there's a lot. There's pressure. It's, it's, and, a, it's and a lot. Rude comments and. 
No, I, I've seen it. I've seen it plenty of times where I can't tell you how many of my friends, when we got to a certain point, like our age group, right? Because, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm a bit, well, I'm a little bit older than Lourdes, but a few, almost a decade on Aubrey. But, <laughs> but I remember though, when we were like, when we were getting towards like between 25 and 30, I remember like everybody was like, yo, I got to hurry up. And everybody started getting married, just like, just anybody. Just yeah. anybody, just taking anybody. And I remember, and, it, and because I was one of the only ones who was like married, because I got married so young, and it was just like, you sure you want to do this? And it's just like, and I remember how one of my friends who legit got caught an attitude with me, she said, well, you can't be the only one married. And I was just like, wait, what? No, right, right, <laughs> right. And then she's just like, you know, you can't be the only one who's married. Like some of us got to get it. We got to get to that too. And I'm like, yo, marriage is, <laughs> sweetheart, it is more than the party. Yeah. It's more than that. I'm like, yo, it is so, and I told her, yo, take your time. And then now when you fast forward it, fast forward, yeah, fast forward it, she's like literally like her marriage is hanging by a thread. And I'm like, you don't get married just to get married and you, because of that pressure. Because to me, yeah. it makes more sense to just chill the heck out and just wait on God as opposed to be, I'm sitting on, you know, sitting here trying to, trying to rush into something when it wasn't necessary. And then on top of that, now you don't put yourself in unnecessary, um, this, this messed up position. Now you don't involve children into the mix. You, you see what yeah. I'm saying? Now the kid's going to have to deal with, because you know, yeah, the kid's going to have to deal with all of that. And then another part too, um, that came into my mind is this, then you got these other, this other group of people, right. That we don't, we don't often talk about them, but they need to be talked about where they're forced into marriage. And then, you know what, is it for, is it, is it really in God's will for them to even be married? Everybody's not meant to get married, honey. Yeah. Everybody is not called to be I mean, everybody's not called for marriage that is not everybody's thing yeah if god has called you to be single i believe that there are people out there where you're just you're watching them single it's just like daniel you ain't gonna get married you don't want nobody no that they're perfectly fine why because god put that on their lives so it's okay it's okay so this thing of like oh they need to hurt and get married no they don't gotta do nothing they don't gotta do if they were black i'd be like you don't gotta do nothing but just be black and praise the lord you know what i mean like, <laughs> <laughs> you know we sit here and then we unnecessarily put crosses on people yeah we unnecessarily that's how i ended up getting married so young you know both me and my ex-husband that was our situation we were forced i felt like that's what it was we were deeply pressured into the situation and even back then i knew that it was like even as young as i was i was just like nah, it doesn't have to happen but we were pressured into it and now how many years later you know, we got the divorce and they're still trying to pressure us. Oh no, you should go ahead and be back together. Get out of my face with all of that. Yeah. Don't allow anybody to force you into a situation that you don't need to be in. Don't let anybody mm -hmm. force you to bear a cross that you don't need to be um, using. Because like, if God, you know, that's, I don't want to say it like that. Like you weren't given a grace to deal with it. No, that's not what it is. But you, you're dealing with unnecessary strife and all these unnecessary issues. Right. That God never called you to bear. There you go. Right. Thank yeah, you. I think that's, um, somebody had put it this way. Being a Christian, you don't have to look for the cross. The cross comes for you. Come on. You don't have to, you don't have to go to it. I mean, if you're walking with God and pain, it'll come. Sorrow, it can't. You don't have to ask for it. You don't have to put it on somebody. And this is just the cross that you bear. No, no, no. 
it, it just like, comes um, with the territory. <laughs> yeah, like Fab and I were talking about this earlier, like, just because we're believers and Christians, like, it doesn't mean we're exempt from the trials and the pain and the sorrow and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, I think a lot of people who, you know, either aren't believers or um, whatever they may be, I think when they look at Christians, they think that we're supposed to be exempt from all these temptations and all these struggles that everybody goes through the same things. Yeah. <laughs> and no. it's like, we know firsthand that we walk the same things that they do. Everybody the else. exact same things. That there's no think, excuse. There's no excuse. Everybody goes through the same thing. But same they people. think because we're believers or we portray ourselves a certain way, and it's it's usually just because we have Christ in us that they think that we think we're perfect and we don't go through those same things because we're not letting our mess all out to spill in front of everybody. Not just, you know, say that that's a bad thing, but it's just like we know who to turn to in those moments. Right. Yeah. We're given the grace for that. I think that a lot of people don't have they don't understand that they have access to yeah um, i think is key and and sometimes i think it's really religious you need to see me in a yeah. certain light you need to see me with my white hat and my white clothes and it's not accurate for what's actually going on inside of you and um yeah. and vice versa fab people who um i know that there's this religious mentality if you've grown up in the church that paul paul wrote in one of his um his letters that he was like it's better if you aren't married in fact i wish you all understood what it's like not to be married because then you can go further in the kingdom and you don't have to worry about all this and that and that's his perspective of what he can do as a single person but i think that there's a group of us that, that we are called to marriage and it's okay and i think you can have a religious mindset of that too that it's not okay to get married vice versa so it's all very, all of that is very religious, either side, both sides. Like, yeah. But the most important thing is to do what? You go into the Lord and you spend time with him to know what's your will for my life. Is it for yeah. me to get married? Is it for me not to get married? Is it for me to have kids? Is it for me not to have kids? Like, what is it exactly? You know, because if you, you, you know, the whole grace, I think it's, it's a covering that comes along with that. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. a covering. You know, like if I know that God willed for me to be married to this guy, then I know he's going to give me the grace to be able to deal with this man. You know, he's going to cover yeah. me to deal with this man. He's going to give me everything that I need to be able to deal with this man, as opposed to being me marrying, you know, Bob over here and I'm just doing my own thing or whatever. And it's just like, nah, bro. Uh. Yeah. And you're finding no, you're I- this unnecessarily, you know, this, um, this, 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 uh, how do you call it? Like this uphill battle. And for what? Like you, you weren't even meant to do it. You just, yeah. you know, that was on you, boo. That was on you, but it wasn't necessary. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because I do believe, like, you know, when God gives you the right person, he is going to give you the right tools. Yes. To be whoever you need to be for that person and vice versa. I got something perfect, like a perfect biblical example of that. Um, oh, God, he just left my mind. <laughs> um, Hosea. Yes. Hosea is the perfect example of this, okay, where God told this man, go ahead, yo, that still blows my freaking mind, okay? God told this man, go ahead and marry a prostitute, bro. A prostitute. 
and it was all for God to make a point. But he told homeboy, go ahead and go marry this prostitute because I, I, yeah. I need to let these people understand what I'm doing. He knew his essentially what it was. I don't know if she was necessarily a prostitute or basically she was a hoe, but whatever. She was just sleeping. I mean, I hate these words, but that's just, I'm just putting it in a way that I hear it in my head and that's what makes sense yeah. to me, okay? No condemnation <laughs> for all the hoes out there because some people have had the, you know, I've had my hoeish moments, but you know, praise the Lord, I've been redeemed by the you know, blood of the Lamb. Anyway, so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm just being me. But what I'm just saying is that like, you know, his wife was just creeping around. Like, that's what she did. And he knew it. Not only did he know it, but the whole entire, whole entire So everybody knew. knew it, you know? yeah. And then she was having babies, y'all. And there's the kicker. It wasn't even his, y'all. And he knew. He knew. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, that's God's way. But he was able to deal with the whole situation because God gave him the grace to be able to, to deal with that. Do you understand? Yeah. And because he was able to deal with all of that, like he, and he, and then, he loved that woman despite of everything that she did. And the whole yeah. purpose of all of that was for people, for God to show, show like, like, I love you, God. Like, I love you. You stay cheating on me with these other gods. You do all of this other stuff. And because Hosea was, was supposed to represent God and his wife, who was homing around, was supposed to represent us. And we do that. We have somebody who's treating us good and then we're still stepping out on him. Why? You know, yeah. but that's just a reality. I forgot what was the whole purpose of me bringing all of that. But anyway, <laughs> that's a great story. Check it out, Hosea. Um, but no, yeah, I, I think um, kind of bringing it back to the natural reflects the physical, and the things we see on earth reflects things going in the in the um, the spiritual. I mean, and so the whole idea of marriage, God wants to show us something in that. And the key is that we are married to Christ. We are married to God. Yeah. We are married to God. And so if you're, this starts with your marriage to God. That's where it starts. And then it reflects in the natural with the marriage with the man. And I think he wants to show us how the Trinity works that way too, because it's three. And, um, but ultimately this, this, the idea of marriage and, and um, Jesus is, we're married to Jesus. That is the point. We're married to Jesus. And what does that relationship look like? And I think that will inform your relationship with a person, humanity, you know? Um, but yeah, I keep thinking about that because it's just marriage is a reflection of, of love and what God's love is and how God's love functions in a different way of it. There's Father God love, but there's also Jesus love and he's a friend, but we're married. We're the bride of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. How does that look? What is that? And so I think um, he's he's bringing us into that season too of understanding what that actually means. It goes back to the friendship. You said friendship, and I was like, "Ha!" Huh. <laughs> yep. This there's a key with this whole friendship thing mm -hmm. because we are a friend of God, right? Nope. Oh, I don't know about you. I just got a powerful revelation on that one. So that makes sense. So you see, so it's not necessarily about like the dating part. It's not necessarily about the courtship part. It's really about building a friendship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very true. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Friendship. friendship and it leads to marriage. Yeah, and I think too, it's the thing is too, is everybody's walk is different. Yeah. And how you get led into that friendship with Jesus and then to the marriage, it's going to be different. It's going to look different for other people. 
And um, I think there's, there's no shame in that either. And that's the point is God's like, I can work with anything I can do. I can, I, I can take it. I can, I can do this. And um, so anyway, I, yeah, I just kept reflecting on the fact that Jesus is our friend, but we're also called to, to be his bride and, and submit to him and what that looks like. Um, anyway. So good. All I know is if it ain't kingdom, I don't want it. <laughs> Come on, Lourdes. Come on. I heard that somewhere. <laughs> but you see, it's coming, it's, it's getting to the point where you make that stance, right? When it's just yeah. like, no, it really does get to that point. As I get deeper and deeper into my walk, that's what it's become, you know? Yeah. And somebody on the outside might be like, man, you gotta be holy all the time. Yeah. I mean, I like it on this side. <laughs> yeah, I, <know. laughs> I like it on this side. You know right. what I mean? Like it's, right. it's, it's, it's comfortable to sweeter. Like I, I love it. I love it. You know, and it's not to say that I'm so high up on the mountain that I can't, you know, you know, deal with people in the valley. It's nothing like that. It's just, it literally, it's a whole other state of thinking, a whole other way of being, you know? Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And it's like what we were talking about before, there's certain things that I used to enjoy that it's just like, I have no desire for that anymore. Yeah. You know? And just like, like what, <clears throat> that's why sometimes even for me, I have to like, I, I check myself because I'm like, do I even want to get, go back to being married? Because I love my singleness, the season in my singleness so much because I can dedicate so much of my time purely focusing on God. Yeah. I don't have to ask anybody anything. I don't have to get, you know, like if I want to go to Africa tomorrow, and I want to go on a mission trip. <laughs> I don't got to say, honey, is it okay? I don't got to do all of that. I just get up and I go. And that's it. Yep. I feel like I want to go ahead and fast. Or if I want to feel like I want to go up and down my house speaking in tongues and doing, I ain't disrespecting. I, I'm not disrupting anything. It's just between me and God. You know? But yeah. when somebody up comes in the picture, I mean, but at the same time too, there is a beauty about it when you do have some, when you are with somebody. And then you guys can do that together. Hence the reason why your purposes must align. That's number one. Hence the reason why your walk should be somewhat identical at the point when you guys are getting ready, you know, once you're married or you're getting ready to be married because he will understand, well, if the Lord has put it on my heart to go on a mission trip, okay, baby, let's go. Yeah. What you need me to do? You want me to pack the suitcase? Okay. <laughs> You buying premium seats? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But that, yeah. all, that stuff, it all comes together. So, yeah. All right, ladies. So this was an awesome talk. Um, yeah. I think we, uh, <laughs> it was a whole lot. A it lot was a whole lot. lot. Yeah, it was yeah. a whole lot. Um, but I thank you so much once again, everybody, for joining me. Um, Fabiola. Lourdes and Aubrey on this awesome adventure talking about the real adventures and struggles of being a believer. And um, this is the episode of talking about singleness, dating, and all of that other stuff that comes along with it. But um, thank you so much. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Keep binging Netflix style on this season series, The Adventures and Struggles of Being a Believer. Don't be stingy. Share, like, and subscribe to the Created Fab podcast. Visit us at createdfab.com.